Hosting a radio show is fun. This is the worst job I've had since I was the conductor for the Sand People Choir. You're listening to the Sports Radio Cast with hosts Dave and Dave. This ain't no party. From in-show interviews. This ain't no disco. The latest gossip. This ain't no fooling around. And upcoming schedule of events. Check us out on WPHLive.tv. Welcome back to the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast on a Tuesday. We have another very long show for you today with episode number 22 as Matt Kruger from the United States Handball Association steps in for the second time. We will chat about the USHA Hall of Fame Women's Classic Master Singles WPH Race for 8 LTE gig a couple weekends back here in Tucson. The upcoming Race for 8 Pro Stop in San Francisco, that's right around the corner, plus celeb birthdays and a ton of stats that Dave Fink somehow found a way to store into that brain of his. (laughs) Today is March Madness, though. The numbers are totally crazy for March Madness. We, we first start with today's games. There's, uh, I believe, four feed-in games. That makes 68 teams. After a day of just those feed-ins, it goes to 64, then 32, sweet 16, eight, final four. It, it's like Donald Trump's approval ratings. <laughs> so yeah, today is the official first day of March Madness, or as Donald Trump calls it, March. <laughs> It's so very sad that Trump University didn't make the big dance this year. I mean, I guess the NCAA has, you know, like these rules or something that say colleges can't be, you know, made up Ponzi schemes. People all over are chirping about who's in, who's out, who's going to win. There's hype everywhere. But enough about the next Democrats who throw their name into the ring. Let's talk about the players who want to throw their ball into the hoop. (laughs) Exactly. Some really good potential matchups for March Madness so far. Kentucky versus Wolford, Iowa State versus Houston, Purdue versus Villanova, Donald Trump versus three Fox News journalists. You know, I mean, it's exciting stuff. Let's get the real news, though, and then we'll be back with Dave and Matt Kruger next here on episode number 22. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Meeting with the president of Brazil at the White House, President Trump says he hopes to improve trade relations between the two countries. Our trade has been uh, never as good as it should be in the past. And in some cases, it should be far, far more. So I think our trade with Brazil will go substantially up in both directions. The president spoke before the meeting. He says he and visiting Brazilian President Bolsonaro are discussing the situation in Venezuela. All options are on the table. And it's a shame what's happening in Venezuela, the, the death and the destruction and the, the hunger. Uh, hard to believe one of the wealthiest countries is now one of the poorest and most impoverished countries. The president holding a joint news conference with the Brazilian president. That news conference just underway. Dave and Dave, these guys are amazing. Just ask Donald Trump. It's rigged like you've never seen before. They talk sports on iTunes, WPH Live TV, and TuneIn Radio. Episode number 22, Dave and Dave, Handball Sports Radio Cast with the Krug. Hello. I was actually thinking of just renaming the whole show to KDD or Kid, Kid Radio. Kruger, Dave and Dave. You like it, Dave, or no? Love it. I mean, I think you should be involved in this. The KDD show. Yeah. Actually, just rename the whole show the, the Krug with Dave and Dave. Oh, just the Krug. The Krug. Yes. I like it. Matt, mm. I don't know if you're going to go for it or not, but this is now your radio show. So you <laughs> were here once. Now you're here the second time. And with the second time, you actually get the show named after you. That's how we do it. Beautiful. No one's ever been asked back for a second time before. So when you do, it's your show. Right. 
That's how I look at it. Unprecedented. It's never happened before because we've never had a guest come in twice. You can guess why. (laughs) (laughs) Dave was here for the second time. I decided to throw his name on the backside. It used to be just Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But we moved from that. Now it's the crew with Dave and Dave. Moving title. Okay, so today, guys, you're going to have to help me out with this because I didn't read one thing that you wrote. I know that we had a tournament here in Tucson, the Hall of Fame, Women's Classic, Master Singles, WPH Race for 8, LTE. We call that the Meg. It's the the Mega Event. Yeah, the Mega Event. We had that, so we're going to talk about that. Okay. We have celebrity birthdays, a little bit of stand-up hilarity if we can get to it. But also the Irish Nationals took place. We also All Irelands. The All Irelands, sorry. Mm -hmm. Senior Championships. And then we have the Olympic Club tournament race for eight stop number six five what is six six yes that's gonna be in san francisco coming up at the end of the month we have to talk about that post rankings actually number seven i want to is it seven yeah it is number seven well that's because you're adding the lights in as yes stop they count okay well i don't even if the lights didn't count it wouldn't be number six well it is with me (laughs) i'm i'm the one that's pushing the button i no, I, I don't know. Whatever number it is, it's coming up at the end of the month. And we have to talk about the rankings. Right. Because there's been a little bit of a stir-up. And it could have been much more stirry if the errors wouldn't have take, taken place. <laughs> <laughs> if they hadn't been caught. Okay, so we're going to get to that. And I know there's probably even more to discuss. We had the Women's Classic winner just down the hallway from us right now, right. Ashley Moeller. She played amazing there. Yeah, Tucson. we have to talk about that later. Best too. I've ever seen what's play. The, what's the first thing you guys want to talk about today? Well, we're talking about the Tucson Hall of Fame Meg. Okay, let's make the Meg the number one on the peg. Nice. Matt, it was great. It was a great turn. It was really fun. A lot of people talked about it. I heard you had a lot of visitors at the Hall of Fame. I'm sure they came in to hear even more about it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it was it was an amazing... I mean, amazing is, a, is how I could sum it up. It was... Um, you know, the biggest one we've had since the inaugural event that opened the building. Uh, you know, 180 participants, three uh, tournaments in conjunction with it, if you will. And uh, it all all wrapped up really nicely on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Ashley Moeller. Four tournaments, if you Let, let's include. Let's talk about that. It's four tournaments, if yeah, you include right, how much those right. guys can drink right there in the uh, <laughs> But that round Saturday table. night banquet was so much fun and the revamped hall of fame i mean it's really a a special place you know you've got the the nice couches the beautiful displays i mean you had that whole parking lot filled with people eating that food was incredible really fun night saturday night there at the hall of fame yeah really really nice um bruce stone catering uh great job Thanks to our President's Club on sprucing up the building, yeah. making things look nice, nicer, and uh, showing off all the uh, historic uh, artifacts of and, and all the neat displays for guests. I mean, if you're a handball player, I don't know that there's a better place to be than inside that Hall of Fame. The history, those amazing paintings of all the, the players that have been inducted and contributors. Just love it in there. Definitely uh, one of Tucson's hidden gems. Well, we have to make a trip down there. Why don't we do a show from the from the hall? I'd love it. The HOF. I've already got the Wi-Fi password Done. there. They've got a beautiful couch for me. So, how is the acoustics? Because you know we're really worried about how we sound here. I think in our library we could we, yes. you, you could definitely pull that off. Perfect. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, we have to do it in the library then. But Danos pulled something off in Tucson. His second yeah, title of the his season. Brother. You know, and I talked to him about this too, about, you know, your brother wins, then you, in Atlanta, he comes back and wins in... Portland. Portland. Mm-hmm. Brother goes out there and wins New Orleans. Yeah. Danny comes back, wins Tucson. It's sort of a competition, though they say it's not. Well, they both started the season with zero titles, career. Now they both got two. They're the only two players on the tour that have won twice this season. Killing Carroll has only won once this season so yeah, far. which is odd. It's just totally odd. I know, Matt, you brought it up last time that we were chatting here in the in the studios about the fact that there's been a new winner every single time. I mean, it feels like that. Even if Danny's won twice and Luis has, has won twice, we only have one Irish winner this year. Right, right. Well, it's, yeah, we, we, we talked about it last time. It's not like, you know, speaking of bracketology, you can't just pencil in your winner and say this guy's going to take it nobody can touch him and there was a legitimate chance of five six different people making that final winning it all well one of those dudes was right here and dave you had a legitimate chance uh you made the finals the oldest to ever do so at a race rate stop age 41 although mm-hmm. you kind of seem like you're more like 46 47 mm-hmm. yeah just from you know the physical appearance and right all. but i mean you you were there you knocked on heaven's door well, it didn't feel like I was there in the final. Danny really outplayed me, but it was a great tournament for me. First time I've been in the finals in 23 months. Got to figure out a way to get over that hump in the finals. So what went wrong or right for Danny? I don't, depend- well, Danny really defended my serve extremely well, and I think that was kind of the big difference. I didn't get a lot of offensive opportunities off my serve. I didn't get a chance to really dictate many rallies, and when I did hit some good shots, he was making great gets. And he was, you know, very steady, and he made a lot of uh, great shots, great gets. He had great speed, and I just couldn't really match him. He just outplayed me. I know that you hate this, but I make the comparison a lot to Luis Marino. I'll I'll stop making it with this comment. Do you find it that they're very similar when you play them? I would say almost identical, these two. I never necessarily agreed with your comparison between Marino and McCarthy, but Daniel and... Luis Moreno is so similar. You know, you've got those big hops, power, speed, two-handed offense. And, you know, if you're not at the absolute top of your game, it's hard to compete with them, with either of them. Talk about what it's like to play somebody that's got really good gets, the get ability. What does it do to your game when you feel like you've made the perfect shot or a shot that's, you know, favorable to you, and then they end up getting it back? Well, I think all the top pros have that, but it really shrinks the court and it forces you to maybe try and make your shots a little bit more perfect and that'll create errors. And it also can be a little bit deflating. You know, you think you've won a rally with a very good shot and, you know, the rally's still got 20 more shots to go. So it's, um, you know, I think that's what you encounter when you face anybody, any of these top elite pros is they can track down just about everything. So you've got to be prepared for that. But, you know, some days it just seems like you can't end the rally. And I felt like that in the final against Danos. Well, I thought you played great, and there were a lot of people rooting you on, but unfortunately, you're on the the sour side of that win. But at 41, making the finals of a race for eight stop when anybody in the world can play is a pretty darn good achievement. You also did that when you played a second division, the USHA National Master Singles, where you won the 40s, right? I did, yeah. And, and so you had to play two different divisions while you are doing all that stuff. So, I mean, to get to that spot, it helped your ranking, Mm-hmm. Talk about that really quick with the rankings and how this fared out. I, I know it's a light tournament, so it's only half the points, but 
Right. No. So normally for a finals appearance at a full stop, you'd get eight points. In a race for eight light, you get four points. So my ranking did not improve. I started at number six that tournament, and I'm still number six. Vic Perez, who I beat in the quarterfinals, stays at number five. And Killian Carroll, who did not play in New Orleans or Tucson, skipped the last two stops. He stays at number one. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty commanding lead there at number one. I think Danos is definitely in the conversation for the year-end number one. Danos is now up to his highest career ranking at number two. He's tied with Sean Lenning with 37 points. Now, we've still got points to count from last season. Danos made the finals of New York last year, which was five points. Killian won New York and Salt Lake City. That's 10 points right there. So it's hard to predict these rankings, but you know those points are coming off the board here pretty soon. And after New York, which is April 14th, it'll just count these season's points. You'll take your best six of eight from this season. So Lucho Cordova, who we haven't even mentioned, two titles this season. He's ranked fourth, but just one point behind Danos and Sean Lenning. So he could easily climb over them. Yeah. And And if Sean does well in San Francisco, he also still has a chance to jump up there. Yes, I would say so. But if Sean slips, and let's say a slip for Sean would be losing in the semis or the quarters, Mm -hmm. then that opens up the door for Lucho, Danos, and maybe even Killian to even secure some more points. But a guy like you could jump forward and even Vic Perez possibly, right? I don't know. Based on how well the top four have done, I don't think I can climb into that top four no matter what I do. I'm not even sure if I won all the remaining stops, I would get into the top four. Because all these guys have finals and wins, and basically every tournament they've been either in the semis or the finals. Yeah, but that could be that could go against them because if they don't make it to those, no, but that's on this season. So those points will count all season. I was thinking about it because I'm always thinking I'm going to win, you know, go on a winning streak. But I don't even know with all those wins if I would climb ahead of them. So I'm peaking for next early next season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good move. Yeah. Talk about the women's classic really quick. We can come back to this this race light in Tucson, but Matt, I thought it was pretty positive. We had some pretty good uh, players in the tournament. A, a great final, which was really fun to watch. And Cinderella story in a way is Ashley Moeller. I, I know a lot of people would say, well, that's not. I mean, she's she's good, so she's not a Cinderella. But you have to realize she's three and a half, four months pregnant. Which is, you know, to win a tournament, that's pretty darn big. Right. Uh, well, it, it brought back shades of when Lisa Fraser Gilmore was uh, expecting, actually carrying twins at the time when she won the Women's Classic. It was like mm. three on one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is illegal, by the way. I, think, I, I don't want to get the rule book out so quickly here, but... Right, and, and of course there there were all the uh, hey, it's a game of cutthroat, two on one jokes. But you know what? That didn't take anything away from the way Ashley Muller played the entire weekend, beating um, Jennifer Schmidt, who's has multiple women's classics titles. Uh, Jennifer actually has knocked her out of the tournament, uh, Ashley out of the tournament a few times, right. as well as finally you know getting over the hump against tracy davis it was you know an impressive two-game win Uh, i've never seen ashley play that well dave i know you've been playing her yeah pretty regularly and her improvement has been impressive i mean her ball control i've never seen her with that kind of ball control she had tracy running on every corner of the court really great to watch and you know for tracy davis to lose 
I mean, so routinely. Yeah, I, think I couldn't it was believe it. About eleven it. and fifteen, it wasn't close. Yeah, 11. I couldn't believe it, but I can too because you know we are sparring partners, so we play at least once a week together. She has an apartment complex that has the courts, and Dave, I know you go there and play shorty. Yeah. So I've played her a lot, and I know what she's able to do. She's uh, pretty impressive. I, you know, I contend that when we play in league night, I play doubles against her. She is very hard to play doubles against. Mm. You know, her and Shorty right. had that pretty big win in Vegas Very a few big. years ago yes. against Abraham Montijo and his partner, I believe, believe it was Danny Perez. I think it was, yeah. I mean, that you're talking about two qualifiers, <laughs> and they took those guys down, but I can see why. Ashley is a, she's like a vacuum over there. She just gets every ball, throws back, yeah. doesn't put the team in a bad position. She's very smart. Well, I'm Ashley's, not surprised, but I'm also surprised in a way because of the pregnancy only. Ashley's a very smart player, and you really could see that against Tracy. She was making all the right shots. And Matt, you mentioned her win against Jennifer Schmidt. That was a very good win because a couple years ago, she had beat Jennifer 21-1 in the first game and lost the match. Right. And this time, she won the first game very easily as well, 21-6, and it was quick. And then, you know, you were hearing words around the grounds that this second game is close. I think it was 17-19 at one point. Right, right. And Ashley pulled that one out. I think that gave her a lot of confidence going into the final. Definitely, definitely pumped her up because, you know, Jennifer is obviously a, an excellent player, very smart player. And and uh, she's herself, Jennifer, is training for a, a marathon in Chicago mm. and in probably best shape she's been in in the last, you know, five, five years or so. So she made that push in the second game that we all predicted was coming. Mm-hmm. And Ashley was able to close the door yeah. and, and get it done. Just like... In the finals against Tracy, it was 21-16 in that second game. Wasn't really as close as the score indicated until Tracy made a late run to where, you know, Ashley had to, you know, uh, maybe get, throw at least a little bit of doubt in her mind if she could close it. And sure enough, she she did. Well, Ashley was up 20-12, to 12, and I heard her talking to the press afterwards. She said, I was just joking. She made about three or four straight airs. Tracy climbed all the way to 16, and then Ashley was able to finish the match. Well, I took it as if she was actually making the shots that she needed mm-hmm. to make, but she just wasn't converting them. I mean, she had some open shots. She went mm-hmm. for them and missed. Okay. It's not that she was choking, per se. I, I, I guess it could very well be the definition of choking, but she had the shots. I'd rather drive home knowing that I went for the shot that I was supposed to go for as opposed to forcing it. I never felt like she was forcing anything. Mm-hmm. She just hit some balls into the ground. That were close. They're just an inch or two off. Sometimes that that match point is just mentally the the, the hardest one to get. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, we see these playoff matches where you're playing to 25, but halftime's at 15, and guys get stuck on 14. They would never get stuck on 14 if they were going to 21. No. No. I think it's it's, it's a easy. psychological thing. You see, guys, you know, forever games are played to 21. Now we play to 15, and guys are stuck at 14. Right, trying to get the win. It is interesting. Doesn't make sense. It's actually you climb the mountain, you you do all this hard work, and then you can't get over the top. Maybe tell yourself you're playing to fifty, right? That could be a new uh, Doctor Z subject. That's what I do. Well, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I actually tell myself I'm sitting across the room from two sports geniuses. That's mm. how I get by. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wrapping up the LTE Tucson second race freight LTE ever held. The first was in New Orleans in February. The Cordovas are the only players to ever win an LTE. Right. Second collab of the season, Portland being the first, where WPH and USHA co-host the race event. 
So that was a, that was another good one too. Loved the it. vibe was really yeah. great there. Portland, I mean, it was great, of course, with our national four wall juniors, the USHA four wall juniors taking place there at the MAC. Um, really added a new element just having the pros there. Dave, you organized the autograph sessions, um, got them on the court to even play with the kids a little bit. I mean, that was cool. I definitely have an experience of a lifetime for some of those players. And well, then, I, you know, on a really positive side, I think we see a lot of those juniors were inspired by seeing the pros and even, you know, David Walsh from Ireland competed in the pro division there. You see David Walsh coming all the way from Ireland to San Francisco to compete next week. So he's got the bug. Yeah, he was one of the kids running around with the uh, the marker there wishing that he was you. Oh, no, never mind. It looked like him. Yeah, David Sanchez has now thrown his hat into the um, Race for Eight ring. Played in his first Race for Eight event in Tucson. That's cool. Yeah. He's going to be in again in San Francisco. I see a lot of young names there. Michael Galton, San Francisco. He yep. was also in the Junior Nationals. Sean He's, Kerr. Sean Kerr, yeah. So in, in that, I could segue to the Junior Nationals will be held in Tucson this year. Wow. So Very cool. there is Interesting. You know, another possible collab. op, because we didn't have anything scheduled for December right? for the next season. So now we do. Mm. So it's official. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, All-Ireland okay. semifinals, yep. the Get 40 by 20. Okay. The women's, it was Katrina Casey was seated first, mm-hmm. defeats Fiona Tully in two games. She's in the final, of course. Martina McMahon and Ashley Riley. That's a match that a lot of people internationally had circled. I thought that was going to be a really good one, but it was Martina just too much for the two-time world champion. The current world champion takes out the two-time world champion, mm-hmm. 21-5, 21-10. So she's got a date with Katrina in the finals this weekend. I mean, that's is that the best rivalry in the sport right it is. now? I think so. Yep. I think it is. Martina defeated Katrina in the Irish Nationals about a month ago. Two games. Trailed 10-1 to 1 in the first game and came back and won that first game and dominated the second game. Katrina defeated Martina in the All Aces, or the She's Ace tournament. Right. But that's about, what, one win out of the last yeah, it's, four It's not meetings? been many. Five meetings? It's not been many. Either regard. Regardless of who wins, whenever those two meet, the the fireworks on the court are, are just amazing. You're 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 guaranteed. It's like must see TV, must see handball. They're always gonna uh, give you a great match, and it's like statistically great to watch. I don't yeah. even know the the phrase of this, but if you were like a handball coach, if you had a chance to record this and say, "Here's what you do. This is how it's supposed to look." This is the technique. This is the match that you're going to see some really good handball play. They both make strategic shots. They both look good doing it. They're both athletic. And this is sort of like an instructional video when you watch it. Text, textbook fundamentals. It's great. I love watching. On the men's side, Derman Nash going for his first, believe it or not, his first All-Ireland Hard to Championship. That. Yeah. He hasn't won one yet. I can't He's believe He's won that. the Irish Nationals. He took down Patrick Function, one half of the Bash Brothers, the Bash Brothers will be in San Francisco, Patrick and Peter, but in this event, they're eliminated. On the bottom half of the draw, Robbie McCarthy, who got off to a slow start this season, takes out the defending champion, Martin Mulkerns. Martin Mulkerns, valiant in that match, loses the first game 21-19. He's down in the second, fights off match point to win 21-20. You're thinking 
Maybe this title defense isn't over, but McCarthy just takes over in the third game, 21-6. So the title reign ends for Mulkerns, and it's going to be Nash versus McCarthy in the final. That's going to be a good one wow. right there. Hard to predict that. I, I'm, I will predict that it's going to be Nash, but... You know, it sounds like McCarthy, if he's in shape, then nobody can beat him. We saw him at the Worlds. Uh, I thought he right. looked outstanding. Man. He was incredible at the World Championships. Right. Nash is also, though. I know. Everyone so talks about watch. how Nash is hits a hard ball and it's heavy and it's hard to play him. You feel like you're playing against a squash player. You're going right to left, right to left. He has these beautiful hands up front. And but all the top pros say their hardest match was against Dermot Nash. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's it's well. I mean, right. I say pros meaning that a people other than you, Dave. You're a pro. <laughs> well, I've never played him. Oh, I've two lefties. Wanted to. That'd be fun. There's only been one matchup, and I know you know this, between left-handed players in the history of the race for eight. That was the first match ever played. Since then, there's been 1,400 plus matches played. Only one. Why is that? Well, there aren't many lefties. Yeah. The sport doesn't need any more complete crazies out there, so let's just keep it at the at the one that we currently have. But in women's handball, it seems like there are a few lefties, like a Danielle Daskalakis, right. a, a Jay Gall. Mar- Martina. Martina, Martina. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. right. It, so in the top 10, 12, 15, you have players that are lefty. Right. But when it goes to the men, it's just complete nutsville. Yeah. I mean, anybody with a left hand, nuts. Well, left-handed people are... Nuts, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just read a report that they said that they, when they're doing these polls, these surveys, mm. they, they don't even survey left-handed people. Mm. Immediately just throw them out. And I'm not joking. They just said that they just think yeah. completely different than everybody else. Right. In itself, that is its own little survey. A left-handed little, compliment, if you will. I, I would call it that, yes. That's a good way of putting it. Let's talk a little bit about the rankings shakeup. Yeah, the Elite Eight at the start of the season is almost identical to what it is now with the exception of Marcos Chavez moving in from number nine. Mondo Ortiz started the season at number three. He's now on the outside and he's not even going to San Francisco. So we haven't really seen someone coming out of nowhere to jump into that Elite Eight. Marcos Chavez was about as close as you could be to the Elite Eight without being in it. Now he is in it at number eight. Daniel Cordova started the season at number four. He's now number two. Lucho Cordova started at number six. He's now number four. Perez started at number eight. He's now number five. So the shakeups have all been within that elite eight. Right. Not a lot of movement, but but in a way, it is more exciting because there's there's movement in the sense that there's jumping a position or two and then coming back one or two. So I think there's, you know, between that five and eight position, maybe even up to number two, this is the most sort of inner movement we've ever had on the tour. It's It's almost... Almost like a, a NASCAR race, if you will. People jumping points. Yeah. With all this, there's a, like a log jam from two to six. Just a few percentage, you know, a few points behind after to where things could really change after San Francisco. Plus, once last year's uh, uh, points for Killian start coming off, we have this, you know, disparity or parity, if you will, of champions this season. So it's going to create even more movement well if you look at number three through number six sean lenning has won 57 percent of his points lucho 58 perez 56 and me 56 so that's almost identical yeah just that's just going off points one percentage of points one i mean the biggest 
craziest movement is really Mondo Ortiz falling off. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, Mondo has skipped a couple of events, but the events he's played, he's lost in overtime in the third game twice. Right. You know, he could easily be still in the top five. He loses in Portland with a 13-10 to lead against Eric Torres in the third game. He loses 15-13. He had a lot of chances to win that. He goes on and wins that match. Who knows what's going to happen? And then in uh, Tucson, he's beating Leo Canales 14-10 to in the third game. He misses his favorite shot, that back wall setup. Mm-hmm. And then he had a couple more chances, didn't get it. He could have easily had a nice run there had he gotten through there. So that's kind of been the difference for Mondo. And, you know, I think he's a little discouraged by it too, but I think he has to realize he's just one or two shots away from being where he wants to be this season. Yeah. Even against Sean Lenning in Tucson at the Memorial, he led in that first game. He lost 18-16. Who knows what can happen in a match well, like that? But he's not playing in San Francisco. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I think he's discouraged. Yeah. And I don't think he should be. I think it could happen to anybody. Lose a couple of close matches. It happened to you. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to be funny here. Yeah. I mean, you, no, you you were rolling along and then lost in a round of 16 at Portland right. to John Iglesias. And, you know. That was in overtime. And that's one of those you look back and say, what would have happened if I could have just made it to the semis there? Because mm-hmm. that changes the whole complexity of this ranking. So thank you for, you know, flip. Now, now I will joke around. Thank you for ruining the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's why we haven't seen anyone jumping into that Elite Eight because... The qualifiers are three and twenty-nine this season. Three wins, twenty-nine losses. Unbelievable. So wow. you're not going to see guys jumping into the elite eight if they came and win, uh, you know, more than one but match. We, but we have great qualifiers right, right. now. I, I mean, a slew of really yeah. good qualifiers. Yeah. That could pick off those guys. You'd so think just not able to do it. Just hasn't happened. I think that a guy like Vic Perez, has just gotten better. Yeah. And he's at that point when he was kind of toggling with these uh, qualifiers. He's much better now. He's on a different tier. Marco Chavez, who seems, you know, he's getting older. We've seen some of his best matches ever recently at the age of 44. Well, the way he played against Emmett in Portland was amazing. Never seen him play that well. And that's another guy. Emmett played here at the Hall of Fame event, the LTE. Yeah. There was a couple times when I said, this is the old, you know, Seattle 08, Mm. you know, showdown Emmett playing. Much more aggressive. So a qualifier isn't going to beat him right now either. So there's a little bit more separation at the top. There used to always be a guy that was ranked seventh or eighth that you'd say, well, if I qualify, I want that guy. Mm -hmm. But it's not the case now. It's a little bit more difficult, obviously. But if I did qualify, I'd want to play you. So, (laughs) Dennis Cordova has won the most points of any player on the season, 716. So technically, he's the race leader, Mm. so to speak. Yes. Because remember, we used to have two rankings. One was the power rankings. One was the race points. Yeah. He has the most race points. No, that's points one in all the oh, matches points this one. Oh, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The most winning players in race freight history, Katrina Casey, 16, Paul Brady, 14, Killian Carroll, 11, all Irish amongst our winningest champions. Hmm. Sounds about right. Most losses of any elite star this, this season. This will be an American, so. Emmett Bichot. <laughs> okay. With 10. I just thought I'd throw that out there and just, you know, get that little hand slap for myself. You'd have to say that the breakthrough performer of the year, Leo Canales Jr., he's ranked 13th. He's had some really big wins, but that's a, a rankings jump of 15 places. Wow. And a lot of that's due to those amazing comebacks he's had. Yeah. Three of them this season. Atlanta. 
Atlanta down 18 to 3 against John Wayne Cortez. And he comes back and beats him. Are you kidding me? You're, He's down you're... 24 to 17 against Jonathan Iglesias in Tucson. Wins that. Mm. Held off 10 match points in that match. Uh, unbelievable. Then he's down 14 to 10 against Mondo Ortiz. Wins that. That's in the third game. So it's incredible. He could easily have no ranking points. Yeah. But instead, he's up to 13. That's how you do it. So you're saying most improved, most the biggest jump? What, I would what? say biggest breakthrough. 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 And gets to play with his dad in the draw as well. <laughs> How about that? That's dad's another biggest breakthrough story, too. <laughs> I mean, 52 years old. 53. 53, breaking yeah. in as a qualifier. That's, right. that's a pretty good breakthrough story. We might as well just give it to the whole family. Mom allowing dad yes. and son both to go to another handball tournament. That's a breakthrough, because that doesn't happen. These Not guys my family. four anyway. hours each way on the same day to play in the Super Bowl LTE stop. Yeah. These guys right. love it. It's great. Does John Iglesias, is he in that breakthrough at all? Or Well, John has been there. He's been an invited eight before. He's never been officially in the Elite Eight, but he did get an Elite Eight invite. He's been in the top ten before, so I would say he's kind of a comeback story yeah. of the year. He's a guy that really struggled before Portland. He had failed to qualify three times. He had a couple of close losses, and then he breaks through in Portland, and all you need is that one first-round win, and you get yourself in the top 12. And that's where he is now. Marco Chavez, 10. is he in a breakthrough? Well, Marcos Because, you know, been, never making the top eight before right. until just this last, you know, couple of events. I mean, yeah, I would he say He deserves so. something. Yeah. The old man, the rocking chair award. I yeah. don't know what you call that. I mean, he went from number nine to number eight, but that's bigger than going from number 30 to number 13. I think nine so. to eight is but harder than 30 to 13. Yeah, because you see these guys get to number 10, number 12. They stall. They don't they yeah. don't get into that. Well, you nine. need to get from number 10 to number eight. You need probably two or three first round wins in a row. That's not easy to do. Yeah, that's mix mix in a, you know, a quarterfinal win and maybe even a semifinal appearance. Yeah. But getting but to you're the talking about number that's, 10 is, right. you know, four points. Number eight is like 13 points. So those points are very hard to come by. Right. Huge. I mean, well, look at Shorty Ruiz. Right. I mean, he, he gets up there. He has a couple opportunities in the round of 16. Can't break into the round of eight. He's only done that once, I believe. Yes. You know, and that's that's a guy that's been there multiple times, like almost 20 times. Well, he's qualified the most times in a row, and that's current. 12 successful qualifiers in a row and counting. Hmm. His last qualifier lost New York. 2017. But he's, he's only advanced one time right. into the round of eight from yeah. those 12 in a row. Right. But he got ninth place in Tucson. So that's given him a big rankings boost, that two points. Mm -hmm. And then he's got the point fives from the other stops. He's hovering right about four without looking at the rankings just off of four. Oh, four points. Yeah, yeah that's right. Four top four points. So he's at number 12. Eric Torres, who seems like he never even plays. Right. But when he number does. number 11. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, like Shorty, you know, he's there at every stop. He's qualifying at every stop. He's got his chances. Eric Torres, you feel like you see him once a year, and there he is at number 11. Yeah, Eric should be at number 8. Eric is I, the next guy. He you'd should say be so. Yeah. yeah. But I did watch Marcos beat him pretty easily in New York a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago. Mm. Yeah. I'd say that two years has been a... Eric's seen a little bit of a jump since then. And, and I mean, Marcos has maintained, but... When does Father Time catch up? Well, Marcos is tough to play. So if you're if you're a young guy coming in, Marcos is going to do things that you've never seen before. I would say it takes it's going to take a normal person four times to play Marcos before you can start to figure it out. Mm. And most of that's mental. 
because he plays this mental game against shots. No, he does, but you still have to you have to find a way to get over it in your brain. I think Eric's strong enough. Well, Eric beat Emmett two years ago in the Olympic Club, ended Emmett's 15-year run as the Olympic Club champion. So, And then you saw he lost pretty badly to Emmett in Tucson. Yeah, Emmett, so, that's what I'm saying. Emmett looked great. So tournament. you're saying, I mean, has Eric improved, though? I mean, two years ago, he beat Emmett. Now he's losing to Emmett. Yeah, I think he has. Okay. He just lost to him, that's all. I'd say Emmett was probably motivated to uh, as well. Yeah, I think there's things him. going on on the backside there <sighs> between the club you know, rivalry that they have. There's people at that club that are choosing one of those players over the other one. I think he wanted to send a message, and, and he put it all out there. Well, it's interesting. I texted Eric, who got in after the deadline, like most of the players, for Tucson, and I said, you're going to be playing Emmett. And he said, good. I'm now much more excited than I already was to come. So he yeah, wanted that match. That's what I mean. There's things going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Now, and those wanted two do it, not play locally. Right. I think Emmett wanted it equally as much. Hmm. But then Emmett did not look good against Danos. I mean, didn't do anything. They don't have the rivalry like he does with Eric. That's my point. Mm. We find ways to get motivated over silly things. You know, you talk to Sean Linning and you say, well, you just destroyed that guy. And he goes, I, I don't really like him. Don't like him. You know, it's like, well, how come you can't not like Killian when you play him in the finals? And, you know, and, and Sean would say, well, I like Killian. Right. He's a good guy. So people let up, which is the way it is. What else we got? This is big. Now, we're talking collaboration. Uh-oh. Big collaboration scheduled for June, and it's already on the books. Wow. Matt, do you want to announce this? I mean, what, is there this is going your on? show, and yet I feel like you're not even... You know, I, I want to give you this it one. Soaking I'm it soaking it in. I'm enjoying the, the, the discourse and discussion. This is like D. Wade and his retirement party. You just sit there and smile and let these other guys talk. We'll, we'll trade, I want you to have the trade one. jerseys when it's all done. I already took my shirt off. <laughs> Dave doesn't ever wear shirts. So I am uh, happy to announce here that go. the okay. USHA Drum roll. Here we go. And WPH okay. were queued up. Here we go. Are going to collaborate for the 69th USHA National Four Wall Championships in Los Caballeros in Fountain Valley. There will be a webcasting of our open events, open finals, and that will be held June 26th through the 30th. Uh, mark your calendars. That's a Wednesday start, Wednesday through Sunday. And for those who are already queuing up their phones and emails, answering, asking when you'll play, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Here it goes. singles will be starting. Men's singles will be starting on Wednesday. Nice. And a match per day until the finals. Mm -hmm. Doubles will be ending on Sunday. Mm. A match per day, depending on the size of the draw. So starting for doubles, though, could be Wednesday, but it could also be Thursday or Friday, depending on the size of the draw. Correct. A round of 16 starting on Thursday. But we still want to hear from you and let us know when your arrival time will be. Of course. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's only March. Communication's open. So please but do what you're going to do, even if we put it in writing. Really cool, really cool that we're already planning this. Usually it's 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 closer to the event, but you guys helped lock it in this year. Um, back and forth discussion with Vern, myself, and the board and the President's Club. They're making it happen. Webcasts of the Four Wall Nationals. That's going to start on 
June 28th, the webcast. The tournament starts on the 26th, but I know Correct. there's some people that already know they can't make it, so they're already gearing up for the webcast. That'll start on Friday, although they're going to ask many, many times why Wednesday's matches aren't on. Right, right, um, right. And that's going to be those round of 32s. Possible, you know, possible that they'd want to see that, but you are going to, they're getting meat, potatoes, and dessert all served Friday through Sunday with the best matches um, webcast live. And of course, those will be available for replay too. Oh yeah, it's going to be good stuff. And you're talking about the communication with Vern and us and it was pretty simple. I, I did that political move where I said on the email, yeah, we'll get back to you sometime, you know, within the week. And it was like 30 minutes later. Yep, we're in. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, nice. we're, we're going to do it. Yeah, easy. We're, we're there. Just easy. Very easy. Pretty simple collaboration. Decision, yeah. Pretty pretty simple. Can't wait for that. Los Cab, probably the premier spot in the country for the national. Oh, we love it. Yeah, I mean it's great. The only thing that's that's missing is those early morning matches and having big crowds down there. It's kind of a laid back area. Plus traffic sucks. Yeah. Well, so you've but, also got a really incredible Hall of Fame induction year this year. I mean, yeah. I, I wish I wish uh, we could have everybody there for this one ceremony, but having uh, Southern California three-wall all-time leader in uh, titles, Vince Munoz, mm-hmm. getting inducted along with David Chapman. Um, I mean, that in and of itself is going to be huge. Also, this year, uh, Lisa Fraser Gilmore mm. um, being inducted. She she will not be at the Four Wall Nationals, um, but that uh, that ceremony will take place to be determined. You're talking okay. about like three of the all time greats right there, and what they did. I mean, really, this I, is a great year. I mean, add up their titles. It's it's phenomenal. You can't actually. And <laughs> it's it's what I think. It's also a spe- special for Vince and David Chapman. That, that we're going back to the site of Vince's only four wall title. Two thousand and two. Two thousand and one. One. Okay. Yeah, and that was at Los Cab. Um, it was against David Chapman. Right. So um, those two also doubles partners, multiple doubles titles together. So it's it's going to be a very special event. It's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a fun part of that whole national championship. Let's talk San Francisco. I mean, that was huge news. San Francisco next week. That starts on Thursday, March 28th with the qualifier. 37 players in that qualifier, and that's because it was capped. More guys would have jumped in, but it was 16 of those 37 are ranked. Plus, you've got former ranked pros like Danny Bell, who just won the Albany Open, defeated three former pros, and Chris Tico, who just won the 50-plus Masters singles. So those guys are going to do some damage. Of those 16 guys, you've got mostly 20 and teen-somethings. Michael Galton, Ivan Burgos, Max Langmack. These guys are Sean Kurt. David 20 Walsh. Years, David Walsh, 20 years younger than some of the guys in the Elite Eight. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So they're the next generation. They're the guys that are that are coming on. Oh, there's I mean, David Sanchez. You have Coleman McGrath. Dave, I mean these guys are Leo young. Canales, who's the youngest guy in the right. top fifteen. Right, you got. You, uh, it's neat that you have all these up and coming, up and coming players mixing with the you know old old chan- the old guard, if you will, 
And it's even more special happening in a place like the Olympic Club. Huge representation from the Olympic Club, who sponsors really the best athletes in the country. But they've got Emma Pichot, Eric Torres, Lauren Collado, Anthony Collado, David Sanchez, Chris Tico. I don't know if Coleman McGrath plays out of there, but he's from that area. Tracy Davis is from there. Courtney Pichot de Mello. I mean, it's a... That's a big home game for the Olympic Club. I know they're very yeah. proud of their team. I would be. And will you guys, I, I see that the uh, South End Rowing Club is added to the uh, R2 site there as far as uh, one of the clubs being used. There's I mean, a possibility Saturday morning we'll do some playoffs there from 8 o'clock until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And if you're a Cirque member, you might see some pros come over there hmm. or bubbling under pros. Right. Uh, they'd be pros. Ninth place playoffs. They're pros. Well, I, I'm if we do the seventeenth over there, it depends on the, right. the full schedule. I mean, but something could happen over there that could result in some pretty good fan viewing. Also, a great women's draw. This is the second women's race for eight stop of this season. Katrina Casey, of course, is on hand. She'll be playing in her twentieth women's race for eight stop. Excuse me, nineteenth. She's won sixteen of eighteen. She's played in them all. So this is the 19th stop. She's going for a 17th title. She'll have to contend with Ashling Riley, who's got one title. Ashling is one and seven in women's race finals. All seven losses coming against Katrina. Siana Nishirin, who's, I mean, she's really the breakthrough star. She's the comeback star and breakthrough star. She's been in her last two women's race events. She's been in the finals. Now those were separated by a year and a half because of that knee injury, but New York 2017, Tucson 2018. She's in the finals. Yeah, she's going to be kind of the X factor of this tournament. Right. And she played incredibly well here in Tucson in November. Should have, I think, taking, taken uh, yes. Cat to a tiebreaker. Yes. And then you've got the top Americans. Tracy Davis, Courtney Pichot Mello, Ashley. Ashley Moeller, Danielle Daskalakis. And then some really great young Irish ladies. Megan McCann, who, Dave, I know you've spoken highly of. Fiona Tolley. Fiona Again, Tully. playing good ball. K3 in the draw. She'll be playing, not reporting. Wow. She'll still report. Our hosts, Matt, your good friends, Lou Barberini and Joey Mucha. Joey has promised a huge Saturday night bash. At an arcade. Oh, wow. That's... Address has not been yet revealed. Nor the time. <laughs> I believe that's 8 o'clock. That party kicks off. Can't wait. Bay Area is going to be popping that weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Katrina Casey won the 2015 Olympic Club Women's Race Freight by a combined score of 90 to 7. Ouch. That is the largest margin of victory in the history of the race freight. You, you think that that tournament probably contributed to that 78% of points won? In far as is in the race for eight, uh, her career, which that seventy eight percent points one. I'm surprised what's, it's not higher. What's our number one, Carol? Men's care uh, it's sixty four. Yeah, I mean that difference is huge. Yeah. So well, that was ninety three percent when she won the Olympic Club. <laughs> wow. And the points that she lost was, I'm telling you, was surprising. I was watching those matches and. It was. It very well could have been ninety to zero. I mean, she put two zeros in the finals. Sympathy. The, in the finals. I mean, yeah. sympathy points out there, maybe. I mean, you know, you're talking about somebody that um, her opponent 
he hadn't made the finals before, so high on making the finals. What a bittersweet moment that would be. You say, I made the finals of a pro stock. How'd you do? I didn't score in two games. Well, the Dreamboat can say the same. That's true. I mean, it's happened. Yeah, but it wasn't both games. He did score I think once. It was. I think he scored one. I don't think so. I think it was you reported. Keep saying that. I think it was reported on R two that he did score, and I don't. I remember I watching one. it, and I don't think so. Well, on Patreon, we're gonna have to pull that video out for this week's okay. Brady. <laughs> that might Brady be just bid. for the fifty dollar donors, because poor Dreamboat. <laughs> I don't think he wants that one out no, there. No, he doesn't. Nope. You have any other any other events that are that are going on that weekend in in San Francisco? Well, Alcatraz, of course, is Ooh, happening Thursday on morning. Thursday morning. Yeah, and there's a bunch of people going to that. I, I was and just, no one's ever emailed me back. So no, I but there are no. a lot. A okay. lot, a lot. You know, when I got a hold of all of the qualifiers, asking them if they could play on Thursday. Oh yeah, I'm going to be in Alcatraz. Maybe we can play a match there. That was some of the re- responses I got. Well, that is a yellow jersey event in Alcatraz, the one wall event. It is. Yeah. It's- Emmett though warned me that we might be thrown in those jail cells if we try and play one wall there. It's a yellow jersey event, but they'll have black stripes on them <laughs> if they catch you. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to see that on. Is that going to be on Patreon? That. That one wall is that small ball or big ball? I think it should be wall ball. Yeah, wall ball. Okay, you're not rowing out to Alcatraz. I am. Okay, actually, um, I don't know. He's going to get a boat from Coleman. <laughs> Coleman and I are rowing together. I don't know which will be Coleman actually of... going straight there, and you heading over to Benicia. It, it looks <laughs> Tiburon. Yeah, that, that actually looks attainable when you're there. But as I was out rowing with Rory Moore. He said we'd. Uh, We'd have some bloody knuckles if we tried making the trip. Well, didn't three guys escape Alcatraz? I don't know if they rowed off the island. I don't. I mean, swim, row, floated. It's all rowing. Still to me. contested whether they. It escaped. is very contested. I don't think it is anymore. I think it's pretty obvious that they escaped. But you're on board with every conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, so I'm it's, not. It's, it's no, hard I'm to not. to come to you. No, with that, no. Just because people call me old Sandy Hook doesn't mean. (laughs) Well, after San Francisco, there's still a lot on the plate as we gear up for the Players' Championship. There's the Austin Women's Race Freight pre-qualifier. That's in April. That is being run by the Hall of Fame Sportsmanship Award winner, Kristen Hughes, who I wish we'd talked about during the Women's Classic because she had a very impressive run in that Women's Classic. And Matt, I remember... The Saturday Night Banquet, you highlighting her improvement, which has been sensational. She started off, you know, losing in the first round, dropping down in the Women's Classic, and now here she is four years later in the semifinals of the Women's Classic. Right. And giving Tracy a good game in that semifinals. Exactly. I, I mean, anybody who watched that match, it was... You know, those the early on in each game, it, it was a toss-up as mm-hmm. far as, you know, which player could pull ahead. And... Considering, yeah, four years ago here in Tucson at the Hall of Fame with, in conjunction with another women's classic, she lost in the B finals. Well, right. first, you know, losing in that first round, but mm-hmm. still playing and, and getting to the B finals, that in and of itself shows her competitive spirit. But now here this year, reaching the semis, pr- pretty awesome story. And she's a great young lady, and she does so much for the game. So she's going to be hosting the first women's race freight pre-qualifier and people said well wait a minute you know the women it's an open draw well if you win in austin you get a travel stipend to salt lake city 
Very cool. I've, I've spoken to Jenny Schmidt. She said, yeah, I, I'd love to go to Salt Lake City. My good friend lives there. I'd love to play in that event. So she will be in that draw, Jenny Schmidt. Kristen Hughes will be in the draw. Bella Smith, Taylor Rumping, I think. Some of these great young college players that we're excited to see. And hopefully, hopefully we'll see them all in Salt Lake City, even if they don't win the stipend. Then right. we've got the NYAC LTE April 12th to the 14th. We've been going to the NYAC every year since 2014 on the race tour. That's a great venue. Love going there. Those guys treat us so well. John Duggan, Tom Samario. They're pros, pros running a tournament. It's, it's a, I mean, an amazing, amazing facility and, a, and an excellent spot. Just blocks away from Times Square. Stones throw from, from Central Park. And uh, always a, a primo spot for handball. Then we've got about five I, weeks off. I love the fans after there. New York. I love the people. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Salt Lake City, the Players Championship. All three tours coming together May seventeenth to the nineteenth. That's the big, the big daddy. My opinions don't matter here. The I'm still talking about New York's people, the fans. But in yes. between New York and Salt Lake City, <laughs> the Torneo de Handball in Juarez. That, now, that's a good one, too. That's a very good one. May yeah. 3rd. Then, of course, the Nationals, the collab. Coming up. The Let's... RFC in July. I'd like for the USHA to be involved in that. That's the longest-running WPH event in history since 2009. Every year it's been held. And you've really done some neat things with that. Implementing one wall, Thank implementing you. big ball, four wall, of course. Now, and this is not about me at all. Okay. Oh, oh but, come on. But no, it isn't. It isn't. I do it for the game. Okay. But the most gratifying compliment I've ever received, and this wasn't even directed at me, Tracy Davis, who's won probably 50 pro national championships, said that the greatest moment of her career was when she beat Katrina Casey in the small ball, big ball, one wall crossover. RFC WPH Women's Outdoor Event. Now, for Tracy to single that out, now I know it wasn't because it was the RFC, it was because she was playing arguably, you know, the greatest women's player of all time and beat her. And it was amazing to watch that match. I mean, you talk about Katrina and Martina and making all the right shots. This was what was happening on this one wall court. Katrina lost in the first game 21 19 with a small ball. And she was coming on strong. It was her first time ever playing with a small ball, one wall. Wins the one wall big ball, 21-6. And then Tracy comes back from 7-3 to three in a one-game tiebreaker to 11 to win that 11-8. That was great. Great to watch. Yeah, that really, that's good stuff. For her to bring that up, that would make me feel good, even if it, you know, you're trying to backpedal on that RFC thing. It I, extended the RFC by 30 years. Tracy Davis. <laughs> Tracy Davis, the, the best that's women's funny. one wall player yes. ever. Yes. I mean, hands down, is there anybody even close? Anna Caldron. Sorry that good. I Good. She's Hall of Famer. She was so good that, well, that well people put. wouldn't even enter the tournament when they saw her name in there, and therefore you cancel the division. That's right. So, That's right. yeah, she had to be in that discussion. Well, this has been all about segues. We brought up Tracy Davis. Now we're on to handball birthdays. Tracy turns 42 this week. I can't believe it. Well, she's the highest-ranked player on the race for eight or women's race freight in the top two, the oldest. I don't know how to say it properly. I, I keep writing it incorrectly on the fun facts. Matt but knows the wording on that. Okay, She's the oldest player 
in the top two. I will shoot you. Uh, we'll have to collab <laughs> a little more. <laughs> I, I need this yeah. to be spelled out because I've written it incorrectly. It's a tough three one. Three times. Yeah, it's not working. She has the highest ranking Makes sense for a my person head. her age. Yes. Because you never give... In the top... Never give a woman's age. Yeah. You, right, in the top five. Tread, tread lightly on that. She's so. the oldest player to be ranked. Marco Chavez, 45. <sighs> still in the top eight. And his birthday's today? Tomorrow? March 24th. 24th. Okay, so toward the end of the month. All right. Yeah. One half of the Bash Brothers, Patrick Function, 28. All-Ireland semifinalist. Quarter finalist in New York last year. Having a pretty nice run. Rob Bell, known, of course, Matt, for whom the bell tolls. The bell tolls. He won the Salt Lake City pre-qualifier in September. He's using that right. stipend to go to New York. He's 26. Wow. Good Michael job. Galton, 20 years old. Michael Galton has a record that... Now, some may look at this negatively, but he's tried to qualify the most times without ever qualifying. 20 times. And he's hmm. never qualified. I know he's earned a ranking point twice with a 17th place win, but he's never successfully gotten through the qualifier. Could that change in San Francisco? I I don't know. <laughs> San Francisco's would be really tough. Yeah. But, you know, I don't see an overwhelming player in San Francisco. I see a lot of very good guys that are kind of all at the same level. I don't see a, you know, Robbie McCarthy in there or a Dermot Nash like we see at some of these where you just know, right. okay, well, that's that spot's gone. If you're in that bracket, you know, there's no chance. But I see every bracket being pretty competitive, and I haven't seen the draw, but I see every bracket. You know, Stephen Cooney is very, very strong. Iglesias, very strong. Torres, shorty. So, yeah, these guys are very, very strong. But, you know, a guy like Coleman McGrath can do some damage. You already saw him beat Stephen Cooney. Playing on his home court could be huge, too. Coleman McGrath, 21. His birthday is this month. Oh, it is? Yes. Hmm. Wow. Nick Mattiani, good Go, friend of mine. Let's going the opposite hard direction. Hard hitter from Tennessee. Going the opposite direction. Originally from Reading, PA. He's okay. 40. I hope to welcome him on the senior race for eight. We haven't played in... 26 years. Love to get out there and see him on the senior tour. Vic Perez, 30 years old. Daniel Daskalakis, 29. And another senior race for eight star, Tyler Hamill, is 47. It's pretty impressive stuff right there. That's, a, that's like an all-star cast of uh, handball players celebrating birthdays. So mm -hmm. congratulations to those dudes and dudettes. Yes. A lot of people celebrating their birthdays in San Francisco. I see a lot of the players on this list are playing in San Francisco. So that's cool. New new player Nick Mattioni jumping in the 40s. I uh, love it. Now, how, how do you... That's that's good. Are, are you... I mean, obviously, you like the competitiveness in a Masters singles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what what's... You too, Dave. What's, what's your thoughts on pros such as you, Dave, or Emmett, or Marcos Chavez, entering a National Master Singles. There's been, the discussion has come up, let's really? just say, yes, that, the, you know, people are were a bit surprised to see ranked pros, higher ranked pros entering the National Master Singles. Personally, I love it. I think, you know, if I'm going to enter something, I want to play against the best. I think from your standpoint of running the tournament, you want to see the best player in the world 
qualified for that event playing in it and winning it. Really, I think it adds value. Definitely. Uh, that's my opinion. Well, it's a national tournament, so you want to go up against the, the best. Uh, but I can see where somebody would take the other side. And I'm very rare. I'm not offended by that mm-hmm. thought. Because I can see that there's probably other national championship tournaments where pro players aren't able to play in it. So I can I can see where a precedence has been you know, created already, established probably for years. But uh, I, I, I would probably vote either way, depending on uh, the consensus, I guess. I don't know if I have an opinion on it. It seems like you'd want to have the best players there, and that's the whole purpose. That's, that's the whole purpose of sport, not just handball of sport. You, you don't want to um, water down your division. You don't want to eliminate anybody from, from entering. You want the best, the top, top players there. It legitimizes that title when you see a, a pro, somebody who made the finals, and heck yeah, they're going to win the, the 40s, the master singles. But there's a chance somebody can pick one of those guys off. True. I'm, uh, th- th- that's, uh, we use the old adage, that's why they play the game. Every, everyone says, well, gee, now I'm just going to be playing for second. Um, they'll even stay out of division. Let's say Emmett Pichot enters the 35s. Everybody stays out of that division because, shoot, I'm just playing for second. You know what? I, I say go for it. Anything can happen. Yeah, I think it's an interesting topic. It's Maybe. one of those that I had never even thought about. But if you did, let's say, take one of those master championships and you say no pros can play in these divisions then what happens when you go to the nationals in Los cap can the pros play in the open there yeah yeah and then then you say you're opening up an argument to hey i won the national masters we're excluding pros i should be the top seed you know you're you're putting another a pro ranked lower (laughs) (laughs) i mean it, it it opens up pandora's box it's just anyway that would be interesting to say like somebody like even in the women's division. Right. You know, there was a, I believe a women's 40, wasn't there? At the, You have a women's, women's 40. We do. We yeah, do. okay. So that that player can go into the nationals or even at one of our tour stop events and get a, a ranking point. That, that would exclude them from playing in that division? I don't think so. <laughs> right. You know, it just seems ridiculous to even bring it up. Well, you know, you look at golf, they've got, you know, the USGA amateur, you know, the US amateur... Mm-hmm. So a pro couldn't play in that. They have the right. U.S. Senior Amateur. Right. It's distinctively titled. Right. So. That's what you'd have to do. Just make it so it's just the national But then who, who is an amateur? I mean, Chris Tico was a pro. He's exactly. not a pro now. Well, and I, I said that too. I, you know, my my argument is you know, David Chapman has some master titles. I mean, it's arguably the, the, the best, you know, U.S. player of our generation. Um Chris Tico, of course, and you know they say, well, they're not they're not currently ranked pros. So you know it's it's a it's I, and I'm again I'm just throwing out the devil's advocate argument. Well, I just so. brought the gun out because I'm going to shoot the messenger here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, nope. it's all relative because you know in all likelihood a 50 year old is not going to be ranked, but he's still that much better than the rest of the competition, right? Because he was a pro and nothing's really changed, right? I say, if you want to get there, though, you need to go and you need to go and get there. Go and do it. Exactly. You have to best. go play on the on the tour if you want to get better. You can't hold it against other players that are doing that. Right. I mean, so. we've seen some huge amount of growth from players that you didn't think that were even pro players when we first saw Leo Canales Senior 
He's like, oh yeah, he's a good player. We didn't realize he was a pro. Now all of a sudden he qualifies. He's a pro now at the age of 52. Right. Right. So that guy, it was okay to enter a national tournament before, but now that he's he qualified at 52, that's actually something you should put up on a billboard, not right. take away. Exactly. Although I know that you guys aren't doing that. I'm just saying that that, <laughs> that was part of a discussion. So. What else we got, D? Celebrity birthdays. Oh, no. A um, big favorite of yours, DV, Dane Cook, 47. you about the same age as you. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And your birthday is coming up. I can remember him just like it was yesterday mm. that I didn't laugh at any of his jokes. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's going to celebrate his 47th the same way that Louis C.K. celebrated his 47th. Just doing the exact same thing that Louis did. That's how he's going to celebrate it. Mm. Since he steals all of his jokes. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of good things to say about him, obviously. Okay. Other than happy birthday. I don't even think that. No? Not even coming. I mean, happy birthday, Dane Cook. There you or go. at least, you know, he would have had a happy birthday if he didn't fall off the face of the earth about eight years ago. <laughs> Singer Philip Sweet of Little Big Town, 45. I know that you're into that TV series Nashville, so I'm sure you know all about him. No? I don't remember him ever being on... Nashville. Okay. But I do love that show. Bruce Willis, 64. New Jersey bartender at one time. Yeah, he was actually had an album out too. Hmm. Yeah, he did. He's 60 what? Four. That's William Hurt. No, wait, he's 64 years old. He yeah, actually 64. is gonna celebrate his 64th birthday on on the set of his new movie called Die a Lot Easier. Because <laughs> that's what you do at 64. Two more laughs than well, Dane Cook ever got. Yeah, I, so. I tried hard on that Dane <laughs> Cook one. I mean, maybe some would say too hard. That one right there seemed like it was a no-brainer, but maybe not. I don't get laughs from Dave on the birthday list. No. He takes this really personal. This is sort of like him <laughs> after being down 0 to 8 in a tiebreaker going to 11, uh-huh. getting up there to 9 to 8. That's how serious this is. And then losing. And then calling a timeout after nine straight points. Yeah. And then losing every single rally after that. Well, I did have a nice record going in Tucson. I lost six points in a row after a timeout in the first game against Danos and then eight in the second game. So worked out pretty well. That's 14 points. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's more points than I have laughs today. So William Hurt, 69. Body Heat, I believe. I got nothing on him. Okay. Kathy Ireland, supermodel. 56. Necessary roughness. That's hard to believe. Can't getting believe. old. We're no, getting I'm old. getting very little out of this. This might be cut short if well, I just, don't get something. Just jump from one to the next. Okay. Well, if I don't get something, this list is cut off. And it's a shame that it would be because there's some good names lurking at the bottom. We just may not get there. We're not going to get there. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> Matthew Broderick, 57. Married to... Uh, to what's her face? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, mm-hmm. I call her what's her face. Yeah, Bueller. Matthew Broderick, right? Ferris Bueller. What else? Not. He was in that uh, producers that right? hotel yes. flick. Yeah, the producers. That's good. He also. What was that was hotel? It? Yeah. Okay. Well, so that let's one. see. That was that it. What's right her there? face in that hotel? Flick? <laughs> the okay, freshman. Doing well. Was he in the freshman? I didn't oh, see that. Oh gosh. Rosie O'Donnell, fifty-seven. Wonderful person. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. William Shatner, 88. 
Yep. Mr. Kirk. Bob oh. Costas, 67. Wow. Most people know William Shatner as just being the Priceline guy, but he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Bob Costas, another sportsman of the year. He was just inducted in baseball's Hall of Fame last year. Reese Witherspoon, 43. Hmm. Actress Michelle Monaghan, 43. She's in one of my favorite movies, Heartbreak Kid. Really funny. Why do you find that movie so funny? I don't know. I just find it, it's so dark and it's so kind of. I don't know. You always bring it up. I, I, yeah, find I love it, it. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> I try and work it into at least every once a show. Day. Every show, you bring her name up somehow. I'm trying. Allison Hannigan, another one of my favorites from How I Met Your Mother, 45. Also American Pie. Yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's kind of a corporation unto herself. All she's the, the hits that she's done. She's, she's in some of the biggest, you know, grossing shows and movies in the last 15 years. She's also the host on, I believe, Fool Us with Penn and Teller. I didn't know that. She's the, she's the talk show host. The, the Ryan Seacrest of that show. Oh. Which yeah. is kind of cool. She does a great job. She's always good. Ava Longoria, 44. Even if she wasn't good, you're still going to bring her name up. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with it and say, yeah, you're right. Elton John, 72. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. 72, mm. and I think he's not... Sir. Yeah, Elton he's not going to do any more touring, I heard. Mm. It's kind of frustrating. We'll see. <laughs> Come back. We'll see. Cher. <laughs> Kira Knightley, 34. Huh. Mariah Carey, 49. So Mariah Carey and J-Lo, who's a huh. bigger star? Well, who mm. has the most money? Is that how you would say it? I don't it? know. Mm. I guess it's a combination of things. Money would be one of them. Well, then if it's money, it's Mariah Carey. Okay. Bigger star? J-Lo on the screen, Mariah Carey in the recording booth. Okay. Yeah. i go with that. Lady Gaga, 33. Hmm. I'm suspicious of that age. Yeah. Celine Dion, 51. I'm very suspicious of that age as well. <laughs> <laughs> Seems I, I seem like I was first remember her when I was in my twenties. Right. Why doesn't somebody as as good as Celine Dion not have an album out every year? She gets what a million dollars a night in Vegas. I know, but it doesn't matter True. about money. It's about right? what you do. Put out more music. How come it's always money with you? <laughs> we want to hear more of your product. Yeah. I mean, she's great, and for that matter, I want to hear more Barbara Streisand. <laughs> More Christina Aguilera. I thought you wanted to hear some more stats. Maybe go inside the numbers on the 2018-19 So tour. you just cut the whole birthday yeah, show. I was, yeah, it just didn't done. go where I wanted to go. And okay. I'm done. That may be actually the last celebrity birthday that we ever do based off of that. I mean, that was crickets. I think March or March is a little light. Well, I just don't believe you left out so many names. I mean, like Adam Levine, 40 years no, old. No, I, I don't talk about people I don't like. So Really? No, don't do it. Queen Your name's La- coming Queen- up on this show. I like you. Queen Latifah. Exactly. Like you I just said. Okay. I mean, I know she celebrates. Rob Lowe, you don't like him. I do like him. Rob Gary Lowe. Sinise, 64. Ooh. Uh, I'm not sure I know him. Oh, really? Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Major, yeah, Lieutenant Dan. In uh, no. Forrest Gump? No. I mean, it's a, it's a story about your life. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't watch it. <laughs> uh. Mia Hamm, you don't like her. Yeah, U.S. soccer, you don't like her. Wife of, soccer is the sport of the future, and it always will be. Wife of Nomar Garcia Parra. Nomar. You don't care. No, I don't. I guess you don't care about Coco Austin. I don't. No. You, you don't even know who Coco is, do you? No. 
You, you know who Ice T is, right? His wife. Ice T. Yeah. I love Coco. No, yeah, no yeah. I don't. you don't know any of that stuff. No. Emmanuel Sanders, football player, thirty-two. No. Don't don't care. No, don't. Rob Kardashian. I know you're way into Vanderpump oh, Rules. I'm actually not. Okay. <laughs> well, he's he's thirty-two. Yeah. So, Nat King Cole. So he are you passed doing away. the birthday list? Right. Oh, I'm I mean, just, what's no, happening I'm just, here? All these are I, just the ones a, that I know about. Hijacked birthday well, I, list. I looked through the same list that you're reading from right now, and I just chose to not include them. You didn't want to put right. Vanessa Williams in no, there at 56? I did no. not. You didn't? No. Grover Cleveland, one of our former presidents. <laughs> I guess that wasn't important enough for you. Well, you had a chance to add names to this list. I mean, he was the 22nd and the 24th president of the United States. That does That's not easy to do. You skip a generation. But he's not living. Come back. Yeah, but he still was born on this date. Still, no, his birthday. I'm only doing active been... living birthdays. I didn't know this was from the grave. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only a hundred and you know seventy years old right. if he were alive today. Clayton Kershaw, you don't like him. No starting. No don't does like not Clayton? get to start after. Uh, well, I've eight, already said. I mean, I mean this, this list was sent. one of the greatest players of all time. Thirty-one now, years of age. Now I'm awake. This list was sent <laughs> two days ago. You could have added whoever you wanted. No, I mean, I'm just saying. These are just off the top of my head. What about Casey Anthony? Don't know him. Oh, her, her. Oh, ouch. Don't I don't know, know if we want to celebrate that one. I'm not celebrating. It. Okay, uh, but we can celebrate this one. Harvey Weinstein in his 67. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him. Thank you yes. for admitting that. On the first list. I mean, it's sad that you didn't put that on there, Dave. It is sad. Glenn Close, 72. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was in The Natural, one of my favorite films of all time. I know that you absolutely hate it because it's actually a good film. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the criteria. <laughs> the birthdays, you have to not like it. And then Ruby Rose. I'll give you $5 if you can tell me who she is. You know what I thought was impressive is we powered through this whole podcast without one single break. <laughs> Unless you consider Dave breaking his computer when we didn't give him any response during his birthday. No, list. it's just no more celebrity birthdays. That makes it easier on me. You know, you're a huge, I don't care about you're a huge WWE fan. Huge. No, not yeah, huge. Yeah, you're huge. Not huge. Sting, 60. Whoa. Yeah, that's a big dude. That that's a guy that's on Sting your list. He never did anything in WWE. Slash his, his fame came from WCW. Crow? And okay. even there he flamed yeah, out. Yeah, but he right. won multiple championships. He's overrated. He won multiple championships with the NWA. NWO. NWO. The New- WCW. Yeah, I said WCW. Yeah. And the TNA. TNA is minor leagues, but okay. But he still won. <laughs> is he in the Hall of Fame? He will be. Yeah. Bobby Orr, the great hockey player, Ooh. 71. Yeah. Well, month. didn't he play in six decades, six professional Are you yeah. thinking of hockey in six professional decades? That's Gordy Howe. Yeah, that's what you're thinking of, Dave. Maybe. Nice one. Oh, okay. Bobby Orr, he I was like a Wings fan. <laughs> he played for the Sorry. Boston Bruins. Boston. He Famous. won an MVP award. No, he guy he's amazing. He was he won the Stanley Cup in 1970, and that's that iconic picture First of him floating. laying on the ground, right? What was that picture of him like? He's scoring the goal in and then, midair, being an airborne. Yeah, it's an amazing like, picture. Horizontal to the ice. Spike Lee, 53 this month. You know him from his Oscar speech, his controversial Oscar speech. But no, really, Dave, you know him from those Michael Jordan commercials. Spike Lee. He's amazing. Scott Eastwood, Clint's son. He makes the list. I mean, what kind I mean, of list is I mean, he's a celebrity. Ooh. Adrian Peterson? You don't like? No, hey, I no, don't like Absolutely him. don't. You're not? Yeah. Okay. Gary Oldman. He's 
he's good. 51? 61. Yeah, he's 61. You don't think he should make the list, Dave? Are you kidding me? Gary Oldman? Extended celebrity birthday. He won an Academy Award Best Actor for his role as Winston Churchill. Oof. That was an excellent movie. He was in that. For the subject matter. The Tinker Tailor Soldier. You remember that Spy. right there? Yep. Yep. This True Romance. Oh, he was that. In, that is a great film right there. And I know you like that. True Romance. We've talked about that before. That was a great, a great film. A little gory for me. Really? Serious Black I, in Harry Potter? I mean, come on. J.J. <laughs> Watt? You don't care about him celebrating no, the birthday? No, I don't at all. One of the greatest defensive players of all, if he could ever play an actual season. Yeah. 30 years young. Chris Ramsey, who is a magician that I follow on YouTube. He's 35. <laughs> I know that that makes, that makes your list of celebrities. All right. Keegan-Michael Key? He's funny. Yeah. You don't know who he is. Well, I'm going to look him up. He's right on Mad now. TV. I mean, see, I prepare for these shows. You're just throwing names out out of nowhere. I mean, how am I supposed to be prepared? For you don't, you're not prepared to know who Keegan-Michael Key is or Matthew Modine? Matthew turning yeah, 60? I, I do like him. He's and, on a Netflix show yeah. that I like. Stranger yes. Things. Like Andrew him. Lloyd Webber, 71. I know that you know Andrew. Conductor. Kyrie Irving celebrates a birthday this month. He's 27. Paris Hilton, not Paris, Perez. Perez. Yeah. Gossip columnist, 41 years of age. Carrie Russell, who's one of your favorites. She's 43. Did you say Carrie, that earlier? Carrie Russell was listed, yes. Oh, yeah. She I was saw listed, it. but I got so frustrated with this yeah, crickets I was it. getting when I skipped her. She's in The Americans and Mission Impossible. I actually like her character. And then Shaka Khan. I've not Khan. seen any of these things. Shaka Khan, 66. Okay, I won't do anymore. I just, right. I can keep doing this all day long. There's a whole bunch in March that you missed that were actually popular. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, I'm constantly told about the time constraints, so I added, you know, about 20 names, not including the handball names, and got nothing from about 18 of them. Well, you didn't that's mention. True. You didn't mention Rick Harris. Harrison. He's uh, 54. He's a guy on, on Pawn Stars. I've never seen the that. bald on the History oh. Channel. Yeah, okay. he's the co-owner. No. You don't watch uh, not Ponsters? felon. The not the yeah, he's not the felon. Yeah. Okay, not part of the mafia. So that's what I have. All right. From now on, I think I'll just do the celebrity. <laughs> Thank <business>. you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be wonderful. See how I blow through it? That's how you have to blow through this. It only took twenty. It didn't sound minutes. like too much blowing through. I mean, it sounded like a lot of insults just coming my way for not knowing. Well, that's my best. People. That's my favorite part of the whole show. <laughs> We do the uh, celebrity birthdays and then make fun of you for not knowing who they are. <laughs> well, my favorite story of yours is when you used to do stand-up comedy and had your whole routine all set, and then you couldn't help yourself but to bash the comedian who came before you, the club owner, <laughs> the bouncer, <laughs> the, the agent, my own agent, my friends that would come and watch. Yeah. So similar to one of my handball matches. Yeah, it's the mm. same thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You would kick people out before yeah. you... Yeah, I'm not going to do this set if you get, if you're here. Get yeah. get out. They ask you why you did that, and you're just well, you know, uh, one of my best friends. Want to talk about this 25 years from now? So my dad only came 2,000 miles to watch me, but nope, kicked him out. Yeah. Oh, I want to thank you, Matt, for escorting him. Oh, out. hey, no thank problem. You. I, I know that you were part of that. I didn't know it at the time, though. But thank you. 
hey, you know, it's definitely on the radar. There's some history there, I believe, in your first <laughs> nine and under final. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> okay. Actually. For some reason, I know he's hiding behind the bleachers watching, but I'm okay with that. But when he's in that front row, I just can't handle myself. Mm. Rodney, I need to talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. Come over here for a second. Yeah. In the other room. I've seen it. <laughs> Here's your plane tickets. <laughs> Lyft is out front waiting for you. I already put your bags in there. Bye-bye. Thank you. What else are we going to talk about today? I, I have no more birthdays, even though I do have technically more birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How about how about a break? Well, I think, I'm down I for think, a break. I think we're not going to do a break. That's the thing. If we're going to go this long without one, we might as yeah. well just make the last break the last break. The last break. Which will be stand-up polarity. It makes my job easier. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about where we're going to stay for the Nationals. That's kind of my big topic. I know you go Really? So we're tournament. just on the radio show. We'll just talk about when else are we going to talk about arrangements. Talk about saying goodbye. How about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. We, we have a work day here. Hmm. I know for you, yeah. this is laying in the sun, hatchering it. Yeah. <laughs> What else is on the agenda? I mean, I think birthdays were the last thing. Matt, did you have anything you wanted to add? You want to tell any stories about the uh, Hall of Fame? You know, <laughs> we'll choose. We'll, we'll save that for another time. Darn it! Yes, I. You know, uh, that'll be on the uh, April Fool's Day show, <laughs> where we actually record a show, but we never air it. Hall of Fame tours now done by appointment only. <laughs> I'd like to do some fun facts trivia. Okay, rip it. Rip it really quick. Let's see what happens. Make it quick. Name the player that's mentioned the most on the fun facts that has never held a race for eight ranking. It's spelled out just like that. Oh, really? Yes. Pete Savinan. Correct. Wow. (laughs) Are they more derogatory ways of bringing up somebody, or is it in a positive way? I think that's positive. That he's brought up. No, I mean, the things that you say about him. In the fun facts. No, they're positive. Okay. All right. Svenny is the only person to have lost a qualifier final by two points and by 25 points. Oof. So that's positive and negative, I would say. Right. Lost to Luis Moreno 25-23 and then lost to Shorty Ruiz two months later 25-0. Yeah, that, I think that's more that negative. That's negative. more negative than positive. Okay, yeah. Okay. I'd say that's a backhanded compliment, but there's no compliment involved in that. It's all backhanded. Left-handed? Backhand. Left-handed, definitely left-handed. <laughs> Every compliment's left-handed. No offense, but yes, all all offense to all the lefties. Listen, how many players are currently ranked on the race freight tour? How many people? How many players currently ranked on the race for eight? I would say, hmm, that's a toughie. How many players are ranked on the race for eight tour? Thirty-five. That's correct. Wow, it's amazing. How many right. race freight events have been held See, I don't in the know. history? I'm going to go with uh, 51. 54. Darn it. I thought you'd get that one. What's the only city to have hosted the race freight in every season? Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, season. Uh, city. Hosted in every season. It would have to be Salt Lake City. That's correct. Hmm. Love the boys from Salt Lake. And girls. Well, that was fun. Fun facts. Trivia. 
how many total senior race freight events have been held? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I'm not going to get that right. 21. Wow, that's more than I thought. I would have said 16. Started in 2013. That's hard to believe, too. Actually, it was early. And you remember that first event in Houston? That was an amazing event. Some really great matches there. Do we have those on film? Probably. That might be a good Patreon. Yeah, that'd be good. You and Naughty. I think Tyler Hamill and Naughty in the final. I lost to Naughty 25 to 22. In that, that you match. were right there. I was up 22 to 17, thinking right. that I'm just right here. All I have to do yeah. is crack, crack, and right. maybe just get a lucky miss yeah. from him. Never even touch the I mean, ball again. I was again. watching. I thought I, I never had you penciled in. I never touched the ball again. <laughs> did you ever touch the ball in that match? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got 17 points. No, 22. I mean, but. I got 17 real legitimate points. I know that five of those, he kind of was warming up. Oh. Took him five points to warm up. Katrina Casey's record on the women's race for eight, 55 and two. 55 and two. Hmm. It's impressive. I mean, it's really impressive. And those two losses? Martina McMahon and Ashling Riley. Both in tiebreakers. Wow. I roughed that Ashling Riley match and some close calls there at the end. Yeah, it was 11 right. 9. How did you do? I don't think good. I got a lot of bad looks from both ladies, so I, you have to up your game. I think in in, in games that close in situations like that, your emotions are going to run high. You're going to get bad looks from anybody. Okay, you get bad looks from people anyway, so I don't know why it would ever affect you. I mean, getting <laughs> bad looks from two of the people that you're refing is no big deal. You get probably twenty to thirty of those daily. From people out on the street, golf course, tennis course, at your son's school, hmm. random here in the office for God's sake, random Definitely banquet here in the uh, attendees <laughs> who sit next to you. <laughs> Just uh, two weeks ago, on a Saturday night, six forty-five p.m., Tucson Boulevard. When you pay your rent, I'm sure they give you the big old happy face. I think that's going to wrap up the show because Dave now is in the deep dark. Well, underneath the bed with the uh, with the blanket on, looking through a little hole. Hmm. Fun way to end it. <laughs> it was an <laughs> uplifting, <laughs> uplifting show. I can't no. wait till the next one. We power, yeah, I think I sealed my fate here. But um, well, we named the show after you, so it's really <laughs> you could actually end it all right now if you wanted. Well, it's it's been an amazing. Uh, run here not this podcast <laughs> no. maybe the run that was leading up to this podcast this podcast actually put an end to all goodwill I think. well definitely between dave and i whatever left was left we didn't you know, have any but i think oh. i also single-handedly ended your guys's relationship somehow <laughs> my, my yeah it's, it's been <laughs> cold cold over here no it's uh my email is always open mm. not necessarily does to it, get a reply. Yeah, but, you're not necessarily going to hit that. No, but, uh, no, you know, guys, again, really appreciate you get, uh, you having me, inviting me here. Um, I love to participate. It's great to talk about all things handball and look forward to future collaborations from from Dave and, and you, Dave, and the WPH with the USHA. It's, as you can see, 
when collaborations were... not including podcasts. Right. Yeah. This collaboration's Thanks. over, but the other ones <laughs> they they could thrive. Now, my speaking of collaborations, the um, Oregon handball singles and doubles and yeah. Um, how many emails did you get about that doubles <laughs> tournament? Yeah, I got seventeen yesterday, just about the doubles tournament. I got, yeah, I got a couple, and I, I forwarded a couple to Dave. I was happy. I, those, I counted those because I got the double double forward. Okay, those counted towards my seventeen. I yeah, I said it was going to be around that. I, that was maybe a prediction, and there were only, I think, five people initially CC'd. <laughs> <laughs> we had more. We had more emails from people telling us that we needed to uh, publicize that tournament than actually entered the tournament. Yes, which is actually a pretty good ratio for handball <laughs> i i enjoyed that on the um on the court shorts the um yeah i don't i did not count that as one of my 17 emails though okay really that. i would have it's a subliminal <laughs> hint it's like well, it says to dave fink on the email yeah so that's 18 then if i count court yeah. shorts yeah okay. did you get one from leanne i did Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought that was exclusive to me. So that's actually a good deal. Because when your president contacts me and says, I don't know if you got this yet, when she's number 17 or 18 that's actually yeah. sent it to you that day, that's a big deal. Wow. And then on the side, that even made it better is when the other Oregon uh, emails were coming at the same exact time. For a, a separate event. Yeah, yeah but yes. it's still the same. Oh, it's, yeah. It was like all Oregon yesterday. Well, I thought we'd rename this the WPOR. That'd be good. I'd do it. I mean, I was looking at our website yesterday. It's about 90% Oregon. Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. And I am I was born in Oregon, so it right. works. It's all about me then. It all comes back. Yeah. And I want everybody to know it, too. I mean, because yeah. it is such a great thing knowing that you're from Oregon. Well, that's going to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just ruined the collaboration I had with my peeps back home. <laughs> this is a collab killer. <laughs> that's what this show is. <laughs> Okay, we're going to say goodbye. It's episode 22 with Dave and Dave and Krug. Or is it Krug and Dave and Dave? I don't remember what it was. But anyway, the Krug. Can you just say the final episode? It's, it's the yeah. final episode, number 23, 22. 22. 22. With the Krug and D&D, yeah. &D, Hamble Sports Radio Cast. We'll be back with another one probably after San Francisco. Hmm. And by we, I mean maybe just <laughs> this music right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing you'll hear. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. It's the Dave and Dave Handball Radio Sportscast on WPH Live TV, iTunes, and TuneIn Radio. I'll tell you what dream used to scare me when I was a little kid. Used to actually totally give me nightmares. Remember those Kool-Aid commercials? Where that, no, that big talking bowl of punch, he would come crashing through your wall in your living room. You wouldn't even know he'd just, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Right, and the little kids were all excited, yes, yes. And then they would drink out of him after debris fell in his open, dumb head. He would pour himself, oh yeah, oh yeah. Him and his crazy tights. I don't like that. I don't like where juice wears tights. It's a horrible combination, a bowl of juice wearing tights. If that was me, I'd be like, no, 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 you fix that wall before my dad gets home from work. He's gonna beat me with a belt. He's not gonna believe a talking bowl of fruit punch came in here, you stupid idiot. Yeah, coming through the wall is real cool. Using the front door is cool. Don't touch me, you drink. Don't touch me, you giant beverage. You are sweating or condensating. I will kick you in the tights and you will go down your very top heavy. You glass bastard. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Naughty, naughty Kool-Aid. <laughs> 